Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Daniel Major. Daniel, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do this. Looking forward to it. All right, let's 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 go. Daniel is the CEO of Gobi X. They are a uranium and mineral mineral resource company focused on the exploration and development of uranium properties in Africa. Again, excited to have you on. Daniel, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, yeah, I'm a mining engineer, and that's why I do what I do, um, basically. Uh, yeah, I started my career kind of late 80s, uh, working in Africa, working in uranium, um, w- working night shifts, hauling cables, um, you know, got my cigarette counts up way too high back then, uh, <laughs> had to get rid of it. Well, it's the only thing to do to keep you awake at three o'clock in the morning when you're on shift work. So I kind of did the dirty stuff and then gradually worked my way through different commodities, different parts of the world. So I've worked in Africa, I've worked in Russia, I've worked in North America, I worked in South America, uh, spent some time as a banker because I wanted to understand the financial side of our business as well, rather than just the pure practical side. Um, and then in 2012, I came back to Africa because I just love working in Africa. I enjoy it. I enjoy the people. I enjoy the way the place works. Um, I kind of get it. Um, so yeah, um, and came back to Goviex because I really kind of believe in the sort of green energy thing as well from a practical perspective uh, of where we're going. Became a mining engineer purely by accident. I am somewhat dyslexic, so I needed to find something that was engineering and financially based and numbers based. So I wrote to all the engineering faculties in the UK and the only ones who replied were the mining engineers. So they kind of did it for me. And then I realized being a mining engineer let me travel the world so that's pretty well what i've done is go to far-flung places and uh, seen parts well off the beaten track well off the tourist track it's been fascinating yeah i i, I can literally only imagine the experiences <laughs> that you've had and all the places that you've been and been working in africa for almost the last 10 years at the, at, the, at this point now you were there before in the 1980s and and throughout the course of your career, and you, you mentioned that you sort of figure out how how it works. Um, I imagine you have you have resources in many of the different areas of Africa too. I imagine that that each is 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 unique and challenging with different opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, I was actually looking at an interesting map the other day that someone sent me, which is the area of Africa, which I had never realized is actually bigger than the area of the US, China, Canada combined. So Africa is a, but it always looks so small on the map. It's it's actually a massive continent and it's full of very diverse people. Even within individual countries, you have so many different groupings within and you're absolutely right. So when it comes to things like our CSR programs, our labor law and all of these things, we have to look at things respective to the groupings that we have, what people's expectations are. You know, if we're down in Zambia, um, you know, we're quite close to Lusaka uh, on a main road. You know, there's quite big villages there. If we're looking at Mali, we've got one small village in the middle of nowhere. If you go to Niger, we have what's called a village, but the people are effectively nomadic. So, you know, they're always on the move. So when you're trying to kind of pin down what people want for an area, it's very hard because the area is permanently shifting. 
Um, so trying to understand how different groups work, it, it's and that makes it, you know, it's interesting as much as challenging. Um, and it's part of the fun. If everything was straightforward, it would be boring. That's that's that, that's that's an excellent point right there. So you talk about how you're a mining engineer. I mean, how, how much of it is mining? How much of it is doing everything you just described? Uh, my mining is the least part of my uh, <laughs> business. Effectively, it's the bit I enjoy the most. Uh, you know, you. you I think it's certainly coming from the engineering side. You love those moments where you get to be on the ground. You get to do the technical stuff. I mean, they're like your 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 kicks that you get. You know, double coke moment, and you kind of really down the full sugar, and you go, "Wow, this is great! I'm loving it. I'm touching the dirt." And then the rest of it is doing this. You know, the 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 advertising, the company, talking it out, um, the administrative stuff. Um, particularly now with ESG becoming a big function of life as well, having to do, I mean, as mining companies, we've always done a lot of those things that are expected under ESG and any decent mining company has done a lot of those things, local procurement, et cetera. But that is a very big part of it, the strategy of what you're trying to do and, and overarching. And I think that's why being a mining engineer actually helps in some ways because we're, you know, we're jacks of all trades, master of absolutely nothing. Um, and it's it's quite useful to kind of get that overarching look of of the business model that you're working with, and and think about all those different areas. And you know, this morning I was looking, you know, water supply to communities, and then I'm looking at some technical stuff, and then some geology in the afternoon, and some ESG this afternoon. I've got to go through a meeting on that. So, you know, each day is is full of variance, um, but. Yeah, a lot of it becomes admin. The further, the longer you're in it, the more admin it becomes. Right. Like we're just trying to get the stuff out of the ground, but that's nearly not what we do. There's all this other stuff that kind of goes along to it. So. Oh, absolutely. So mentioned ESG, and that's um, certainly, at least from my perspective, it's kind of on the tip of a lot of people's tongues. And climate change is is more so uh, in 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 focus than maybe ever before. So. Uranium. Tell me a little bit about uh, about your take on how how that is factoring into climate change, how it's factoring into energy, all that. Yeah, I, I mean, as somebody in the industry, you know, we obviously talk it up. We wouldn't be in the business if we didn't believe in it as well. Um, and I think it's one of those things that people don't appreciate how much nuclear energy actually does for clean energy already um you know if you look at the us it's something like 10 percent of the energy supply but it's over 20 percent of the clean energy um and i think you know people whenever they cite the negatives it's kind of looking you know, at this over expensive plant here but as you're already seeing in places like china when you start to repeat the process over and over again like all things um like you know the guys in renewables will say you know we keep doing it often it, the cost comes down the same applies to nuclear energy build more reactors keep doing the same thing the cost drop very quickly they go faster and these are long life assets and i think you know all of the reports that are out there show low carbon emissions low emissions on other items as well um sox nox small footprint i mean land is an important issue particularly in places like europe etc you know so the problem with some of the renewables you need vast areas of ground for maybe 30 percent productivity and that becomes a clash as well whereas nuclear produces a lot of energy over a very small footprint i think the other thing as we look at 
an energy system one obviously if you compare it with coal and, and oil and things like that very little consumed uh, the volumes are small they're actually relatively easy to dispose but again politics gets in the way disposal underground is very straightforward um it's well secured uh there's never been issues with any of the secure storage systems that are out there so you know that that's easy to do the whereas you know some of our other renewables at the moment um solar panels etc are not recyclable yet and, and need to do a lot of technology whereas 95 percent of a nuclear reactor is recyclable so you know that's a big chunk of it that actually can just be ground up and and reused already I think the other area as well, as we look at, and you use the right word there, is energy. It's not about electricity. It's about the energy system. And all energy systems have got to go to carbon neutral or carbon negative. Um, nuclear is finding its position there as well. So a lot of push on hydrogen. Um, nuclear is finding that as a great way to use, improve its flexibility, that when other systems are able to come in, like wind and solar, because it's a 24-7 system on nuclear, well, let's just produce hydrogen as well and very low cost because it has an added benefit that it has a lot of heat. About 30 percent of the energy produced in a reactor is not used. So you've got all of that heat that you can use going through. And then the other area we're starting to see are things like desalination. Um, very good for that. And then the last one, which is an early stage, but I think we're going to see it move a lot faster, is going to be transportation on shipping. Um, we're already seeing people like the Russians put it into icebreakers, nuclear icebreakers. You've already seen the military applications out there in submarines and aircraft carriers. You're now starting to see the first signs of that being moved into commercial shipping as well. The advantages are you only reload them once every 16 years and they move twice as fast as well. So and so clean shipping, I think, is going to be an interesting one. Um, I saw one of the trade magazines estimating that if 25% of the bulk carrier fleet went nuclear, you would have the same energy capacity as you currently have of the current land fleet of nuclear reactors that are currently operating today. So there's a lot of areas where that clean energy aspect of, of nuclear is coming in with additional benefits that go with it, uh, which I think is really strong and, and kind of where we see the green side of our industry very much partaking nice well i appreciate all that so is china building a lot of nuclear power plants oh yeah uh, china china's doing what the french did back in the 50s and 60s i mean they they were looking at a, about five six years ago you were about 10 gigawatts of power they're now at 48 gigawatts of power within five years they are looking at 70 within 10 years they have 120 gigawatts of power Within 20 years, 240 gigawatts of power. You know, they are massively ramping up. Currently, put that in context, currently there's about 440 reactors at the moment around the world. Um, most of those, about a quarter of those are in the US of A. Within that time frame, the, China will actually bypass the US as the biggest reactor fleet out there. Uh, and they have to because at the moment, 70% of their um, carbon energy is producing by coal. So they've got some major steps. And, and that's logical. I mean, if you're a developing country, which China was until recently, the quickest and easiest way to develop is to create power. And if you want power, the cheapest way to do it was coal. And if you had abundant coal sources, why would you not do, use it? But, you know, things have changed now. Um, that's not acceptable. And that's why you're seeing Africa having to rethink itself. I mean, Africa struggled to grow its power. 
it's got the potential to be the fastest growing region in the world. Um, but at the moment, it's almost 100% reliant, other than some hydro, on carbon. Um, so it's having to look. So, you know, the 15 nations of the 50 are currently looking at going nuclear with the small modular reactors. And those are really interesting because they, rather than being kind of, you know, 1,300 megawatts of power, these things can go down to 10 megawatts of power. So they can fit in small grids. So and low cost, easy to build. Um, so that's another area that the industry is trying to push. So, yeah, China, very much the driving force at the moment. Uh, not just them, India, um, the Arab states as well. And now, as I say, you're starting to look at sort of Africa trying to come onto that curve as well going forward. Fascinating. So for your company, you're not you're you're I, I imagine that's that's nothing but a good thing because all these folks need what you are looking for oh absolutely i mean and that's why we're in the business i mean uh, the, our chairman is a guy called govin friedland his dad is a gentleman by name of robert friedland who's a serially successful entrepreneur in the mining industry uh, you know and has found some of the biggest known deposits in different metals all around the world uh, and Robert Friedland's mantra is, if you're going to dig something out of the ground, dig something the Chinese want. Mm -hmm. um, at least that way, you know, you've got a customer for it. So, you know, and what you're seeing at the moment, and this is where the crux of our industry is, is that because of what happened back in 2011 with Fukushima, we had an oversupply of material. A lot of projects disappeared. We're now producing more energy than we were from nuclear before prior to Fukushima. However, we have a massive supply deficit of uranium. It's currently being filled by secondary material that's around, but like any cupboard, if you keep emptying the tin cans, you suddenly run out and you have to go back to the shops to go and buy some more. Um, so that's very much uh, where we are at the moment is expecting the price to rise substantially um, to make that happen uh, going forward. Yeah, and that certainly does make sense when you look at think about emerging markets um, and just 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 the need for it. And I imagine also that uh, that the talk about Bitcoin mining, the amount of energy uh, using some of these smaller reactors would probably be a, a a way to meet that need as well. Is that something that's on your radar? Oh. Sorry, I, my whole signal died a bit on me. I could I could not hear you. No problem. No problem. <clears throat> Let me just pick back up here. That's why I turned my camera off. I was hoping that might help. Yep. Can can uh, you hear me now? You yeah, can I can hear you. You you just stuck completely. You might okay. want to just turn your camera off for a while to help my side. Perfect. All right. There we go. Beautiful. So let's pick up with um. You right there? Yep. Yep. I'm here. Just trying to figure out the best place to pick up our conversation so all right ready yeah i'm good okay so how 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 are people interacting with 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 govx are you looking for investors how how how, how do people get involved uh so george just give me a second i'm just going to change rooms Okay. And see if that helps, because you're you're literally coming in and out on me.
Uh, are you there? Yes, hello. Yeah, I just moved. Uh, hopefully this is better. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, sorry. Your question about investors. Sorry. Yep. So let's just let's just pick it up and I will ask it again. <laughs> sorry. Oh no, it's all good. So Daniel, how how can people get involved with 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 GoVX? Um the key I think really is certainly go to our website, um, which is govx.com. Um there's a lot of information on our projects there. Um, we also put a lot of videos on there. I, I put a lot of videos out just explaining the market in general, what we do. Uh, we have a Twitter as well under GoVX. Um, our ticker, um, for those interested looking at the stock, um, on the TSXV is GXU. And on the OTC uh, market is GVXXF. Um, so there's plenty of information out there. I certainly have a look at it. The key for us is... We're a development company. Uh, we have two fully permitted projects in Africa to build. In the last two cycles, people made a lot of money investing in uranium stocks. We're up for another big uranium bull run. Um, people have made money either by what, buying into companies that go from being a developer, like we are, to being a producer, which is the path we're on, or buying into companies that then get taken out um, and a lot of those have been in Africa in the past because um, governments, etc., can own 100% of a project in Africa, which you can't do in North America. So certainly look at the investment from that perspective. Uh, look at uranium. Um, there's a lot of good information out there. There's a, um, a lot of Twitter feed out there on uranium sector. So, But certainly look at our, the information on, on GoVX's website. There's a, there's a ton of information there. I love it. Well, Daniel, the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, I, I think my difference-making tip has been the way I've always lived my life, which is, you know, it, it sounds very trite, but I treat everybody as I want to be treated myself. And that, that, I think, helps you motivate people around you when you treat them with respect. Um, and I've certainly felt that has set me in good stead uh, through my life. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, give us the website one more time. It is govx.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Daniel your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to govx.com. That's G-O-V-I-E-X.com. And check out all the information on the site. Learn more about the space. And... Um, if there's an opportunity, invest with them. Thanks again, Daniel. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>